Hey, everybody, this is Larry the Cable Guy. Check this out. So I'm in my truck driving with my buddy, and we was heading up to the men's warehouse to fart in the suits, and he's listening to his phone. And I said, that sounds like Hermes Sadler. He said, it is Hermes Sadler. He's got a podcast called Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I said, Sadler and the Senator? He said, yeah, that's his good buddy, Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. I said, well, what in the world? He didn't know this. I said, did you know that Hermie Sadler was voted one of the 50 best-looking drivers in NASCAR? He said, I did not know that. I said, because it ain't true. <laughs> you never know, though. He never takes off his helmet. But I know one thing. This show, Leaning Right, Turning Left, is good. So pull up a chair right there by your phone, get yourself a cold beer, and give a listen right here to this week's episode of Leaning Right, Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I'll tell you what, I bet Michael Waltrip's even listening. He's always wanted to do something like that. Oh, Sadler, got another one over on Waltrip. Get her done! Thank you, Larry, the cable guy. You're the one bright spot in my life right now. I'm Virginia <laughs> State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm leaning right. And I'm, I'm with my me, head out the window. And <laughs> like I'm Hermie Sadler, and uh, not turning left, but maybe turned upside down. Turning blue. <laughs> yeah, turn red. <laughs> yeah. Uh in the face. Um, I'm Hermie Sadler. Leaning right and turning left is back once again, powered by Pacematic. How are you, Senator? Well, Herm, I was doing a lot better when I woke up at uh, 5.30 this morning, <laughs> slept through my alarm and started driving your way. We're here in Emporia right now and we're at your dining room table and your ble- uh, your beautiful house. And and uh, we've had better days um, and we're sitting here just about an hour after we got out of court on our skill games uh, litigation and... Uh, and you're taking it really well, but we didn't have the the finest of hours of all the great victories that we've had. Well, tell uh, let's that's that will be not the only thing we discuss, but certainly uh, right off the top here, talk about uh, which we've chronicled this whole journey, which has been going on for two years, over two years. Yeah. We started in June of 2021, very hot day with our litigation and. You know, it still may not be over, but uh, update our listeners as to what happened today, and then we'll uh, we'll break it down and talk about well, it. Well, I'd rather not, but I'll do it anyway. So today we had uh, uh, the Attorney General of Virginia, Jason Yaris, um, filed after the Supreme Court made the ruling that uh, skill games were gambling for that, not protected free speech, at least in the initial phase of our trial, vacating the injunction that we would gotten that kept these games on, kept these small businesses going and allow them to participate in the gaming marketplace in the Commonwealth of Virginia. They went and filed a motion for summary judgment, alleging that the case was over, that the, basically the Virginia Supreme Court had ruled. And uh, therefore, that was the law of the case. And so there was no need to have a trial, which we had set up in mid-December, right before Christmas. Uh, we uh, vigorously disagreed. We filed briefs. They filed briefs. And uh, and then we argued today. And we had, we had a bunch of pretrial motions that were supposed to come up um, but the judge said, let's take up this one first, because if, if the decision is to grant summary judgment, then we don't have to argue the other motions. And he listened to our arguments. We brought in Dean Rod Smola, uh, president of Vermont uh, University School of Law. Great guy. Great orator. Uh, the attorney general's office, Jason Miari is represented by Cal Brown and Aaron McNeil. Like uh, Cal got up there. Uh, I didn't really like his argument in terms of you know the facts and substance, but it was also all kind of. You know, he was taking shots at us, and and we don't do that in court of law, man. We respect each other, and he can call us, you know, my friends on the other side, but you know, I'm not your friend, and that's kind of facetious. And then he was, you know, saying that everything that we argued ever was always a red herring, and he, and he really relied on the 
Supreme Court decision saying that we weren't entitled to the preliminary injunction in his argument. And and that was it. That was, there was no other argument he really made, just said, read the ruling, read the ruling. We stood up and said, there's still uh, material issues of fact that are in dispute that need to be decided that we, that the three judge panel in the Supreme Court of Virginia didn't determine the whole issue. Um, but in the end, uh, Judge Lerner, a great retired judge, Louis Lerner from Hampton, uh, sided with uh, the attorney general's office and the governor's office and said that um, because, and, and, and you could even see in his ruling, he didn't agree with what the Supreme Court said. He even made a statement, public statement right there in court, that the casinos have done this. And the casinos don't want any competition. They go after the littlest guy, and it, it looks like that's what they've done here. And this legislation wasn't written by legislators. It was written by lawyers. And the legislation, you know, that we were dealing with, this new legislation that was found in the budget, if you remember, first it was SB 971, won that unconstitutional. And the legislature, just a few people snuck in the budget, rewriting the criminal code. And we were dealing with that here. And because of those changes, which they they took and changed once they saw where we were going with our original litigation and were successful with it, to try to cure those remedies and put us back where we were starting over again. And today, uh, the judge lamented that fact, I think. But as he said, the Virginia Supreme Court calls it gambling, which it's not. Um, he didn't say that, but he said, if it's gambling, then, then it's gambling. That's not protected because gambling is never protected by the First Amendment. We had made arguments that this is skill games, which have First Amendment protections, free speech protections, had very strong arguments. And so he granted summary judgment in favor of the Attorney General and Governor Glenn Youngkin and the Commonwealth of Virginia and the Virginia ABC and dismissed our case. So right now, we're not going to have a trial in December. Uh, we're going to appeal this. So I think we'll final, file our notices next week. Notice of appeal to the Virginia Court of Appeals first, and then we go to the Supreme Court. And there might be a federal issue. We could go to the United States Supreme Court if we have to. But that's where we are today, man. And, and I can say as your lawyer, number one, it's always been an honor to be a friend, but to be your lawyer and to fight so hard on something that you believed in and, and the fight you took on for all these small businesses has been one of my proudest moments. I think you know me in the same way we're both competitive as hell, um, that something like this, there, there can't be anything worse right now in, my, in, in the pit of my stomach. And so I feel bad. I feel like I let you down. I feel like we let small business uh, owners down that, that rely on these skill games and their convenience stores and their truck stops and the restaurants and bars to survive in this Biden economy and high inflation and high prices and paying overpaying people for, you know, doing cashier work. And, and so, uh, it's a huge disappointment for me. It's hard to even do this podcast right now, brother. I'm just, I don't like to lose. I hate to lose more than I like to win. Um, uh, and this is, a, this is a tough one cause it's personal on so many levels. Yeah. And I mean, I have many of the same sentiments that you do. Uh, we took on this fight for a number of reasons. Number one, we, Felt like then and still feel like now that we are right. Um, not only on the legal arguments that the judge in our case, which let me just say quickly too, because we'll never probably would never be in front of him again. Right. I want to thank Louis Lerner, Judge Lerner, for being open minded and up until today following the law and following his heart. Yeah. Because he gave us an opportunity to argue the facts, argue the law. And until there was Supreme court 
I know the right word is not interference, but Supreme Court opinions that he had to deal with. And, and he's a retired judge. Yeah. And but, you know, to your point, when he started giving his ruling today before he even ruled, he basically said, it's a shame that the casinos have done this. Mm-hmm. And I took it to mean this is not what I truly believe, but this is what the Supreme Court has ruled. This is what they think. And therefore, boom. And but I would be remiss if I didn't. And I don't know Judge Lerner. I've never met him. I've never spoken to him. But he gave us a shot. You remember back two years ago, we first filed this lawsuit and got ready to go to court. About this time, two years ago, we were being laughed at. We were. You know, y'all will never even get a day in court. And I do think that some of these outside um, influences, ultimately, I think the decision for Lewis, and this is my opinion, mm-hmm. I think I think what it came down to for George Lerner is, you know, I, I don't believe, you know, I, I'm disappointed that casinos are trying to control a market and and deny rights and revenue to small businesses, but Supreme Court thinks differently than I do, and I'm at a point in my life where they're gonna have to handle it, you know. And um, but I, but he, he, he gave us a shot, and he is in the two years that we've been able to operate small businesses operating these games across the Commonwealth of Virginia have been, I mean, lifelines to so many small businesses across. Uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia, and, you know, um, we have known from the beginning what all we're fighting against is, is, is nothing more than David versus Goliath. And, and that's the other point, Bill, through this whole process that has really been more difficult for me to understand than the legal arguments in this case, and that is the ethical problems I have with what's being done. Look, we lost today. And I want to also say that I urge every small business owner in the Commonwealth of Virginia that's operating skill games to comply with the law. We've always complied with the law. Um, The law as of today is not on our side. We have to comply. And we're going to keep fighting to try to get back into a position where we can uh, go back to running our businesses the way we see fit and not have to look over our shoulder every day. So please comply with the law and don't give us, meaning me as the plaintiff in this lawsuit and the skill game industry, don't give them any more ammunition to come to the General Assembly this year and or any um, appellate court hearings that we have in the future and give them give them um you know, ammunition to fire back at us to basically say that we don't follow the law because we do, we have always, and we'll continue to follow the law. So please do that. Um, but I was disappointed in the ruling. Um, you know, ever since that Supreme Court ruling came down, it you, you had to wonder, and we talked about it. How is the judge going to respond to this? Is he going to stay steadfast in what we're fighting for, or is he going to? throw his hands up. And unfortunately today he threw his hands up. And so, um, but I don't regret what we've done. I don't regret the fight. And again, um, knowing how many small businesses that we have helped over the last couple of years 
as bad as things are going to be now. And look, right here at the holidays. Yeah. Forget, forget and I say this all the time. I, I, I just, I feel obligated to say it again. Forget Sadler Brothers Oil Company. Forget Hermie Sadler and my wife and my family and all that. We're going to be fine regardless because the skill game operations are n- do they generate revenue for us? Yes. It does. It, it, is it a revenue that we've that we depend on to stay in business? No, never has been. You've said that all the time. It's it's that's a. But it you does know, for a lot. In of these them. truck stops, it, it is a draw to our business. It right. helps us attract business. But that's my point. As you got ready to say, it's not what keeps us in business. But it is what keeps a lot of these mom and pop operators in business, whether they own one convenience store in a rural part of South South Virginia or Southwest Virginia or a little restaurant, bar, tavern, truck stop. A lot of these people have depended on this revenue to keep the doors open in what has been the most difficult market to operate a small business that I've ever personally seen. And that's why I go back to, okay, the legal things are what we've been arguing, but the ethical part of it, I just don't understand why more people are not paying attention because we've quite frankly got lobbyists and investors from casinos using their power, money, and influence on the General Assembly of Virginia to take away rights and revenues and give it to out-of-state special interest and casinos. And how anybody that was duly elected to represent a group of people in the Commonwealth of Virginia, I don't care if it's the governor, attorney general, senator, delegate, town council, mayor, how anybody could think that sets a good precedent and that's something that they want to be known for. I just don't understand in this case, can't, can't be decided on ethics. I get that. But what they are doing to small businesses, and more, more importantly, why they are doing it, they are doing it because they got their coffers filled up yep. by donations from the casinos. That's the way it works. And that, that is the most disappointing part to me, Bill, is am I disappointed we lost? Yes. Do I think we're right? Yes. Are there going to be some small businesses right here at the holidays? They're going to have to lay people off and or close their businesses. Yes. There was about 200 of such people on the front steps of the courthouse today. That was a big crowd. Even in defeat, they were so thankful of what we have done to this point. And they could have very easily walked away. And they didn't. They stayed to give, show their appreciation to you and I and our legal team. And that for me, Bill, is really the biggest Disappointment of the whole thing. Number one, why this is being done. This is not being done in the best interest of the Commonwealth of Virginia and not being done in the best interest of small business owners who have been here all along before the casinos even thought about being part of the Commonwealth of Virginia. We're paying taxes. We're employing people. We're building infrastructure, doing all that. And they have basically come in and said, the out-of-state special interest in casinos mean more to us, and the people that support them mean more to us than y'all. And that is something, regardless of what happens in an appeal or in the General Assembly, 
the fact that these people of power in the Commonwealth of Virginia that I myself also supported, voted for, held fundraisers for, and did events for, have basically turned their back on these small businesses, that is something, regardless of the future, that I will never get over. That's pretty powerful stuff. And, and you know, you did those fundraisers, you voted and you supported not because of this issue, because you believed in the person that was behind the candidacy. You know, and you've, you've just packed in so much. I just want to kind of hit on what you talked about. First, Louis Lerner, I got to agree with you there. Great judge. I've had him before. You know, I remember, um, and I may have told you this story, especially when, when we got in there, but I'll tell it here. I won't use the client's name, but I was in a court case, three judge panel court case. He was one of the judges. And, um, my client was being a complete weenie. I was doing cross-examination and, and he was hissing behind me that I sucked. And I was just starting my cross-examination and I was winding up and I turned around and we'd been in court for about five, six, seven days. And I said, you want to get up here and do this? Shut up, shut the F up. And, um, I turned back around and, and, um, finished my cross-examination about 30 minutes, just destroyed the witness that was on the stand. Um, I go back and sit down and my client hits me on the arm and says, that was great. That was great cross. And I said, F you. And then all of a sudden I heard Louis Lerner's voice out and said, Mr. Stanley, do you mind coming in the back of the chambers with the judges? And I, my eyes got really big and I said, yes, sir. They, they recess, they get all rise. They go into the back of their chambers and the, and the bailiff comes over and grabs me by the elbow. And I said, am I in trouble? And he said, oh yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in deep trouble. And I was sweating and the, my life was flashing before my eyes, my legal life. And I was wondering what other job I could do. I don't know that I'm good at anything else. And, and they opened the chamber's door and there is Louis Lerner unzipping his robe and laughing. And right out of my mouth, I said, I'm sorry, judges. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I did, I've never used a bad word, you know, the F word in, in court. And Louis, without me missing a beat, said, Mr. Stanley, the three judge panel has met and decided that there was, if there was ever an appropriate and proper use of the F word in court, you found it. And they had a big chuckle and I almost passed out in front of them. But, you know, um, that's the kind of judge he was. I mean, he could have, I, it wasn't right what I did, but I was frustrated. My client had really ticked me off and he was kind of a notorious client at the time too. And, and they were laughing at me because they knew I was horribly scared and horrified that I'd done it, but understood in the moment. And that's how he treated court and that's how he treats life and that's how he treats people. And so to give you um, all of the hearings that he did, the, the respect. And I think he understood the seriousness of the situation of the case, which is always required, but also the impacts on many people's lives, not just yours, Hermie. And, and so I can't thank him enough for this. And I, and I do believe when he ruled today, that was not what he wanted to do, but I think he felt like even in his own sovereign state as a judge, he didn't have the power to do anything more. And that's why he said, basically, he said the casinos, they come in here, they don't like competition, even the littlest of it, and they try to get rid of them. And so here in the General Assembly, they got somebody and they wrote this law, and this law is now the law. And you could see he didn't like it. So I just, you know, I have all the respect in the world for the judge there, even though I think the ruling was adverse to my client here in my uh, efforts. But I think you couldn't ask for a better judge, and he will be remembered. He's retired now. But he will always be remembered as one of the finest jurists in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So that's first and foremost. Second, we had Rod Smuller, we had Jason Hicks, we had Ian Dickerson, we had me. You know, I was probably the weak link in the chain of that of that all star lineup. But we had really good lawyers that worked really hard and understood what what the stakes were and why we were doing this. And then again, we had a really good client. 
you took this on your shoulders and I, all the people that are listening to this uh, podcast, you know, I figure we've done the 84, 85 shows, maybe 85. That means at least 160, 70 hours of you and I talking on these microphones. Uh, but that pales in comparison to the hours that you and I have talked about this case and about its implications and small business owners around Virginia, hours and hours on the phone. But I could feel what you took upon yourself and you didn't have to, like you said, Sadler Brothers Oil wasn't going to survive or die based on skill games, but you knew that there were a lot of, a lot of small businesses out there that would, and you took your character and your reputation, your public persona, and you put it out there uh, on the line and you have taken a lot of I'm going to have to bleep that one too. I'm I'm like Shep Moss today, swear, <laughs> but you put it on the line. Um, and you were willing to do whatever it took to stand for these people where they had no voice. You gave them a voice. And, you know, and that's not kissing your ass like, you know, like I'm Shep Moss again. It is the damn truth. And there were many hours uh, for those that are listening that, you know, Hermie, you weren't getting hours of sleep. You were losing sleep over this. It was a huge weight on your shoulders. But you, you never left. Uh, the field. You always fought harder. You always were participating. You always were trying to think strategically in, in terms of mes messaging and how do we get this and how do we do that? You were always thinking about the small business owner, even in our race team, bringing them out there to do that. Even in this podcast, making sure that we were informing them, always putting uh, others in front of yourself and over yourself, uh, but yet taking on the fight yourself and taking the slings and arrows that, arrows that came with it. We saw that in your primary campaign. We saw it in the way that, you know, like you said, when we filed this lawsuit, we were ridiculed, made fun of, said we could never win. And when we won, oh, it was home cooking. It had to be Hermie. Well, when, that, when they figured out that Louis Lerner wasn't from Greensville, well, then, uh, then he's senile. You know, you heard that. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And then things changed, and it just seemed like the influences and the powers changed. Um, but you never gave up, gave up. You never gave in. And, man, I credit, I credit that more than anything else. I'm proud to be your lawyer and, and more your friend, but but I'm heartbroken. Like I've let you down and I don't, I don't take losing very well as I've just said earlier, but this one hurts because it hurts so many people. It's not just one defendant, you know, in a criminal case, you try your guts out and the person's convicted. Maybe they did the crime, maybe they didn't, but it's one person. You still, you're still trying to change their lives by their representation. In this case, it was one person, one company, Sadler brothers oil and you, but it was thousands thousands of, of store owners who were outside out front of that courtroom today, hanging on every moment. And when we came through those doors after the judge granted summary judgment, dismissed the case, I could see the heartbreak in their face. The first thing we did was we walked outside the courtroom in inside and there were about 10 or 15 and I gave them a little talk, a little pep talk too. Um, my voice was quivering and then we went downstairs, but to see that they, they really do thank you and trust you and love you for what you did. And as we told them, both of us gave speeches there that was on TV. I don't know if Channel 7 is going to play the whole thing or not, but we said a couple things. And the one thing was we are not giving up this fight. This is just one chapter. And that ultimately they are a grassroots effort now. They can feel their own, own power as individual citizens in the legislative process now. And I think, as you said in your speech, there are a lot of legislators that all of a sudden woke up. They were taking us and winning for granted. When we put the games back on, kept them on for two years about. And when the Supreme Court ruling came down, I think it woke a lot of those legislators up. And I think it woke all of the people that play or go to the convenience stores or play these games and their owners up. 
And I think what we're going to see is probably a legislative solution that two years ago, Hermie, I would never, I, if you told me, you know, they'll pass a law regulating and, and taxing skill games that will be reasonable and sensible. I would have told you you're full of crap, but I think, I think there is a lot of good at, that comes out of this. And Hermie, you know, I, I don't know if we've said it on the podcast, but you always tell me losing's losing, you yeah. know, there's no consolation, but I think we've changed hearts and minds in a lot of ways where we were ridiculed before. Um, now they respect what we're trying to say and they see, they see that you were right. Hermie, that you were right in saying these are small businesses that need this. And here's why. And this is different from gaming or gambling. And here's why. And, you know, for the, for the attorney general's office to, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but for the attorney general's office to say, Oh, this is gambling. This is gambling. A convenience or gambling is bad is facetious. As Rod Smola pointed out, it's not like Virginia says gambling is bad. If we, if we didn't allow gambling in the Commonwealth of Virginia, I could see it. But we allow it in Rosie's. We allow uh, you to place bets at Colonial Downs. We allow you to go into a casino in Portsmouth or Bristol or Danville and place bets. So as Rod Smola says, Virginia loves gambling. And so for us then to just... It's all saying, about who controls it. Right, now, exactly. What we're saying is just where can you do it and who gets control over it? Yeah. And today, small business uh, owners were told that they can't be a part of an emerging marketplace that so far we've turned over to the monopoly. Which is another part, and I've said this several times before, since as long as I can remember, at least at Sadler Travel Plaza here in Emporia since the mid-1980s, we've had some form of skill games. They've uh, They've changed and you know, and become more advanced and fancier and more video style over the years. But we have legally operated these games that have helped provide entertainment options, drawn customers and truck drivers and things to stop at our locations for as long as I can remember. And it's never been an issue, never been a problem until casinos came, casinos in. came in. Yeah. And they're like, we want it all. Yeah. We want to control it all. They want to keep bingo out of bingo halls at the VFWs. You know, and if you really think about it, you know, in like in court today, I want to stand up so many times and just say things, and I know I can't. But like, if you think about Pac-Man mm-hmm. as a skill game. Everybody knows Pac-Man. I know people that can sit down and they know the pattern of Pac-Man. And when they put their quarter in there, they know the pattern and how to get there, and they'll play and play and play and get free game, free game, free game, another free game, another free game. 25 cents a piece of 20, free games. They're using their skill and their hand-eye coordination and their memory of how to attack that game. And I give people like, you know, Pacematic, they've taken that concept over the years and molded it into a video-based style skill game and so i've sat and watched i can't do it because i'm not as skillful but i've watched people in my truck stop play and win those queen style games over and over and the same ones that lose lose the same ones that win win because they know how to win and they know they've learned the patterns and they've learned you know, the follow me portions of the games and they've learned how to beat the machine. And so, you know, it's quite simple. 
if you sat down and it was brought up today in court, if you buy a lottery ticket or go to Las Vegas or to Bristol, Danville, Portsmouth, and put a dollar in a, in a slot machine and you pull the lever or push the button, the outcome is predetermined. It is predetermined. You mean like chance? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either it's... You det- can't control the outcome. You cannot... Yeah. It's already, you know, it, if it's the machine's ready to to hit, then if you happen to be sitting there, great. That's lady luck. Yeah. How how anybody can't understand the difference between a slot machine game of chance and a skill game, whether or not, and even the attorney general's office went on and on today about it, it doesn't matter if it's money involved. Thank you. That's one of the things we've been trying to yeah. early on. It was a huge deal, yeah. you know, but well, a wager. Then. Yeah. They, they, they changed the wording in the narrative to try to, but there is a huge difference. You would think anybody, you know, could sit down and know the difference between, okay, putting a dollar in a slot machine in a casino, I put my dollar in and I pull the lever and I just wait to see if I win or not versus playing Pac-Man or Galaga or Golden Tee or anything like that, the better players win. And it's pretty simple. And so that part is, you know, frustrating. But as I said before, the whole, the most frustrating part is not everybody in Virginia knows, but me and you and people closest to this case know why this is happening. And it's nothing but selfishness, and greed yep. and power and control and the whole thing is just so dirty just so dirty yeah and you know it just a lot of is some people that you know you can't trust but people that have gotten elected that you know are in positions of creating and applying fair government in a level playing field. If we can't get that from our highest elected officials in the Commonwealth of Virginia, that is really disappointing. And the precedent that we're setting, it can be, and I tell people this just about every day, people sometimes get lost on thinking this is just about skill games. And this is just about gaming. To me, this precedent that they're pushing through could apply to any type of a business, oh, yeah. any small business, any industry. So is the precedent that if somebody's got enough power and money and influence and friends in Richmond, can they come in and get legislation tailored to give them an advantage or unlevel playing field? And so sure looks that way. Well, <laughs> I mean, it does. I hate to say it because I'm in the system. The free market system, you know, you know it, take all the other, take it, whether or not you like gambling or casinos or whether or not you like or dislike the optics, as I've heard before. I heard one legislator in Richmond who's against us the whole time said something like, and I'm paraphrasing, I just don't like the way them skill games look in the convenience stores in my district. Mm-hmm. I know who that is. I mean, that's a, just a very tone deaf statement to make. Yeah. But whether or not. What you, about that beer cooler? Yeah. How's that look? Whether like? or not you gamble 
or whether or not you like the optics of somebody owning a small business and having skill games to help them create revenue to keep their businesses open, regardless of how you sit or where, where you sit on any of that, if you live in Virginia and own or work for a small business in the Commonwealth of Virginia, you should be concerned. Yeah. Because they're doing this today and we made them fight and scratch and claw and put stuff in the budget, whatever. Play dirty. Play dirty. We made them do all that to get this temporary victory for them. And I'm thinking more in terms of, wow, what's next? What are they going to come after next? What are they going to try to control next? And they have completely on the free market system, the capitalism, fair government, level playing field. I hate to say it. From the top all the way down. That's what this message sends to me today is who donates or who's got the most power, money, and influence, that means more to the Commonwealth of Virginia than the small businesses, the free market system, capitalism, and basic constitutional rights. And by the way, I'll add one more, just common decency. And Hmm. I feel bad that the state that I live in that something like this has not just allowed to happen, but has been forced down the throat of people. And I like what you said a little while ago to a lot of people that don't have a voice. Yeah. They, they, they can't have a voice No, as a small business owner. All you can ever hope for is that the success or failure of your business has to do with how you operate and manage your business. These people have no control over what the government is doing to them no. in this issue. They're going to come and gut these businesses and take their skill games and their revenue and the other business benefits they get, like people in the stores buying drinks and snacks and other and things. Sales too. Tax. They're going to take all that and give it to the casinos because did the casinos earn it? No. They paid for it, and they they uh, they talked or lobbied the right people into going along with this unfortunate precedent that breaks my heart as a Virginian, but as a small business owner, and personally knowing, as you do, hundreds of these small business owners mm. that are going to lose a good chunk, that lost a good chunk of their business and their livelihood today. Yeah. Well, and, you know, think of it this way. Do you think, so number one, the point you make there, the, the potentials are endless of where the government can go next, because what we're seeing is corporatization, large corporations coming in and squeezing out, you know, they, they don't like competition, even when it's smaller and really doesn't affect their bottom line. They don't like it. Just say that today. Exactly. Yeah. They want to eliminate. And that's what he said about casinos. Casinos historically, don't come from the archdiocese of Chicago. Uh, they come from, you know, the, the mob controlled, you know, 
twenties, thirties, forties number rackets, which we now call lottery, where were illegal and run uh, betting on ponies was illegal, and they they ran those rackets. They, you know, gambling, which we now see in fancy casinos with flashing lights, is now somehow we've taken a vice and a and a criminality, and the states have realized because we're running out of revenues on uh, new revenue sources that this is something that's good for us. In Virginia, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of precedence has been no to gambling, no to gambling, no to gambling. We opened the door to sports betting and fantasy sports betting, and that was it. I mean, here came the casinos. And once they got in, uh, then they started controlling everything and really squeezing out small businesses. They're against that VFW hall that runs the bingo parlor. Just, you know, along the lines of what the governor's warned all. court said, the judge said today. Hi, folks. This is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pallet travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva Petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Sadler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at exit 12. The Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on exit 11B off I-95. And Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina. That's exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers. And Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermie Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot. Don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by and not at. You know, a competition makes everybody better. You would think. I mean, that's the basis of, of American society is competition, innovation, you know, and free market system, as you say, level playing fields, those kind of things. Not, not equal outcomes, but just equal opportunities. And so when we let this industry, they've taken that all away. It's something that 
I can see how it would be overlooked because when you keep talking about money after a while, it just kind of gets watered down and people kind of forget. But these people in the General Assembly and the Attorney General, apparently, are so in bed with the casinos, they purposely turn their backs on three quarters of a billion dollars of potential tax revenue that could have been used for a multitude of projects, yeah, including modernization of some of our schools, mm-hmm. mental health, mental health problems, child care for lower income families at work, all the things that would have been great that we always talk about. We better. need mm-hmm. this was a built in, ready to go on day one. Revenue source. Skill games. Skill games. Yeah. We're already there and had already proven during COVID. The pandemic, yeah. When they gave us an opportunity to be regulated and pay taxes, ABC testified at trial that these people paid their taxes and they followed the law and followed the rules. We had no problems. Yeah. Not a one. Not one. And so... But yet you get these arrests and these, you see, you know, even at Colonial Downs and Rosie's, you're seeing all of these uh, calls of the cops coming yeah. and and all the vices went up and, and all the degrading, degradation. But that's one thing that too. you'll never, that I've never seen asked to the right person. And you don't ever, I want to ask the people in the General Assembly and in the Attorney General's office, including the Attorney General. What made this so important for y'all to cater to the casinos that for the last three years you would turn your back, not only on the rights of small businesses and the Constitution and level playing field, all that, you turned your back on three quarters of a billion dollars of revenue that could have been, that's how important this was. Well, and and the casinos blocked it. From yeah. happening, so it's so casinos don't care about Virginians, but they're taking Virginians' money, and then they blocked us from other revenue streams that would have really helped at localities and all the uh, the topics you just mentioned. Uh, because again, they'd rather have Virginia lose so they can control it all, and they don't provide that kind of revenues in Virginia. They don't come; uh, those are those are difference making revenues uh, that skill games provide and provided and would provide and will provide hopefully. And there's nothing that comes close. And maybe that's it with the casinos too. Cause they just, they're not going to, they're not going to have 150, $200 million in tax revenues a year that they're generating for the state and the localities. And, and, and look at what happened. Um, you know, even in Richmond during the vote on last Tuesday, um, urban one went down in flames worse than it did. 58, 42. That's uh, at Churchill downs. Then Rosie's, they had a referendum in Prince William County and, Churchill Downs lost and there's not going to be any Rosies in Prince William. You want to know the difference why there's a Rosies in Emporia and there's not one in Prince William County because Prince William County is more affluent. Yeah. They see, they prey on, you know, they prey on uh, those of lesser incomes or those in per capita family for lesser incomes in regions. And they make all these promises that they're going to, you know, deliver all this difference making stuff and change people's lives and help the education of children get better. But, you know, even Urban One, you know, Paul Goldman made the argument that says for you to to bring eight to ten million dollars worth of 
tax revenue to Richmond, that depends on $70 million in the pockets of Richmond citizens being lost to the casino to get that other money. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, their business model is the house always wins. Where skill games, you can win every time based on your skill. That was the difference. And so, you know, I don't have any sympathy for those guys. They clearly don't, don't put Virginia first. They put themselves first. And I think, you know, they're not willing to, to share the field with, you know, a convenience store, let's say, in Independence, Virginia, uh, that needs that convenience store to have a skill game to pay the wages and to keep it open. And they don't care if that Independence uh, convenience store in Independence, Virginia closes. They don't care. They don't care. Look, I've looked at this and I've talked to these uh, convenience store owners, the ones that own that are franchised through 7-Eleven. They're talking about 600 to 800 stores in the Commonwealth closing when these skill games are turned off. That is thousands of jobs. That is thousands of people who depend on those stores for their gas and sometimes for their food because they live in food deserts. Gone. And they don't come back just because the games get turned on because everybody's living in a very tight margin, as I now found out with these convenience stores and restaurants. You know, when I did restaurants, it was a 5%, 10% margin if you're lucky, 10%. Um, so these things do make a difference. And you know what, how tone deaf one Senator who's leaving, who is the head of the chairman of, uh, of finance in, in the Senate said, well, they just should go find some other sources of revenue. Like what lady marijuana? I mean, for God's sakes, I, you know, and they call them scuzzy and they call the Indian and Pakistani owners, Alibaba's and they, you know, they have done everything that should have been. You know, and these are legislators saying that stuff that should have been plain uh, and and everybody should have seen that there was something wrong with this and we needed to do the right thing. We shouldn't have had to file a lawsuit, Hermie. I know it. We shouldn't have had to be here doing this right now and, and fighting for these small businesses. You know, the legislature should have woken up to this and said, well, when we're entering the gaming industry and we're allowing it in Virginia, then let's let small businesses in Virginia be a part of it in this limited way. Those clients and customers of those convenience stores and truck stops and bars are not going to the Bristol Casino. They're not going to the Hard Rock. Never has been the same customer. But if they want, they got an extra 15, 20 minutes and they want to play some skill games, they can go in there and they can win some money. I know a guy you and I both know, Rich Hall, he bought a convenience store right down in Sontag in Franklin County, Virginia called Mitchell's Store. Great store. He's rehabbed it. You know, he's doing this as a hobby. He's, he's been very successful in business. He put in four skill games. He's losing a shirt because <laughs> the people know how to play the game. Yeah. But you can see what the revenue, I mean, he pays out a lot more than he takes in. Yeah, but sure. by the time, sure. you know, it's about $1,000 a machine for him. But what the payouts for the people that play them are, are huge. But he sees how people like these games and they talk to him about why these games are not, are not like games of chance, like slot machines, video, you know, slot machines that you have in the casinos or what we call the VGT. Because if you know how to play them, you can beat them. Yeah. They love the games. And, and so, and you gotta, you gotta know what's going on on the screen in order to win. You can't just press a button and hope like you used to always say. It's, it takes a required skill. So not everybody plays them. Uh, But to think that we had chosen up to this point. Uh, the big casinos, and you know me, I've said it here a hundred times, I'm against gambling, but if you're going to, I'm against unfairness more, and if you're going to open the door, then let the small Virginia it's business just, play. Bill, I mean, the law is important and needs to be followed on both sides, and we've talked about it, but there's just no reason, other than money, there's just no reason why 
these small business owners and operators and their families and their employees and their kids and the customers that play these games in these locations, convenience stores and truck stops and restaurants and taverns that maybe can't or don't want to go to a full-fledged casino where there's 5,000 people there. They're in their camo. Why why are they being shut out? Right. Why can't they play? There's no reason for them to be shut out. And that's really what this whole thing has been about. Yeah. And this thing has been about... Because you know what? They're not their types. Right. You know, my my neighbor who Look, wears they, camo shorts, flip-flops, and a t-shirt, uh, the the snooty casinos would look down their noses. Yeah. At him. It's not their type. The, the type of customer, the clientele that they want. You know, um, you know, but these guys that come off the road, the, you know, cross-country truckers. I mean, I see them going into your into your truck stop right there. And this is a way they relax because they've got to spend what, 12 hours on the road, 12 hours down. Sometimes 24. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is a way where they can, they're away from home and they can kind of connect and engage in something that they enjoy and win. And yet not good enough. Our truckers aren't good enough. Our Indian and and Pakistani and Hindu convenience store owners are oogie, according to one of the senators and the people that play these games or Oogie, and the, and, and the people that own them are scuzzy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kind of language used by, by respected legislators who then turn around and say, but you know what? A big, giant, fat casino in Portsmouth or, or Bristol or, or Danville, well, bitch, that's great, but yeah. oh my God, a skill game machine at a convenience store. Scuzzy. Yeah. Scuzzy. Shut up. You know, and I hope they rue the day that they made the decision that they chose giant out-of-state monopolistic casinos over the small business person. And you know what? I think Republicans, we're going to pay a price for it because right now we didn't sue Governor Youngkin. We didn't sue Jason Miaris. We sued Ralph Northam and Mark Herring. Right. Mark Herring is the Attorney General. When they won their election, Miaris and Youngkin, they, um, they assumed the roles based on, we were suing the Attorney General's office and the Governor's office, but based on these unconstitutional laws. But they, you know, I can't help but think, Herm, they have had, since they assumed that role, the ability to resolve this, including one general assembly session that passed between that mm-hmm. and a lot of court case that have gone on. They are the defendants. You have the ability to settle the case. You know, if you sued me for something, um, I, I could reach a settlement with you. Now they can't do, you know, cause appropriations tax and uh, the tax part, but they could have done something to save these small business. Instead, they just seem to push an agenda that was always, Seemed more, and it may not have been motivated at all, not, not at their behest, but casino friendly and small business unfriendly, because what they did today in pushing this lawsuit, they could have handled it another way. And I think they're going to pay a price for it. You know, did, I think the perception is for a lot of the small business owners that were outside today is whose side are they on? And you said, you touched on that earlier, yeah. uh, but I don't think it's a good look. And I said this to one of their representatives. If we lose today, which we did, then you lose because you're the one that pushed it. Yeah. If I win today, which is just summary judgment, then you still lose. Why can't we find something that helps these men and women that own these small businesses? And they were unwilling to do so. What does that tell you? Yeah. And they certainly weren't willing to deal with us when the election was going on. Um, I, I reached out. I'm going to tell you, you know, and you know that Herm and, and say, Hey, is there a solution we can do for these small businesses? Is there some way to, to even, you know, make them look good for God's sakes. Let's all be winners in this thing. And I was just given the runaround, which they've done for, for a couple of years. And it's sad because now all of a sudden I think they, they with today's rule and they're like, Oh, 
Well, guess what? Democrats are going to pour in because they've been going to everybody. Every store owner saying, trust us. We're going to get you. We're going to get you, Scobie. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a good tax and regulatory yeah, It's period. almost like- We're not at the behest of the casinos. You know, well, office, they pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. They pushed back, they pushed back, they pushed back. Then they get a, a winning ruling and they're like, oh boy. Yeah, oops. Now what's going to be the ramifications of this? Yikes. Yeah. And so all they've been concerned about is keeping their casino groups happy. I guess. Now they're trying to figure out, whoa, in doing this, they energized or re-energized the entire convenience store, truck stop, and restaurant industry. And like you say, they're just trying to look around and try to figure it out. Who's trying to help us? Right. Who's trying to hurt us? Right. And so... And they didn't start this mess. They inherited it. But right. they could have done something about it. They should have. And they chose Could have, to. yeah. Why? And I don't know the answer to that because... Irma, you know, we've talked about these. I, I offered them many different options in resolving this thing. I mean, it wouldn't, ultimately, you have to have a, a legislative solution. And I guess they thought they knew better. And maybe they, they had some reason that they really weren't telling me. But the options I was giving them were not onerous. And it didn't it'd go outside of what the power and authority they had to protect small businesses with the view towards, hey, let's all be winners in this. Let's do it. You know, let's let's demonstrate small businesses that we are behind them, we support them, and we want to find a solution. And we'll put a Band-Aid on it now, and we'll, and we'll sew it up in the General Assembly session. Well, now, you've got a General Assembly, as if you've listened to our last week's podcast, uh, when we went live during the elections and we saw where Republican control, we gained a seat in the Senate, but we didn't get enough. We had to be perfect. We're down 2119. Uh, in the House, we're, the House that we controlled, 5248 is now 51-49 in the hands of Democrats. They lost three seats. Leadership over there looks like it was in turmoil. I guess they picked the speaker to be the minority leader again over um, over Terry Kilgore, who was the majority leader. Uh, but you've got a lot of upheaval. But guess what? Democrats are walking around going to these small businesses and saying, we will help you. We're on your side. Mm-hmm. Some very powerful ones. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about a lot of these convenience store owners that are first-generation Americans whose family works in these convenience stores, who bought them in small towns, rural areas, a part of that community. And you would think they'd be a natural vote for the Republican Party because they're conservatives? No. No, they're loyal to the people that actually are loyal to their businesses and that help their businesses and show that they they care. And quite frankly, it's not a good look for us right now. So I, I think this has, um, unfortunately, ramifications for the Republican Party. Some of the Republicans are going to listen to this, say, oh, Stanley, you're not being loyal. It's not about being loyal. That was asked to me this morning. And I said, I'm sorry. I, I, I play, you know, I'm a politician, I'm an elected official, but when it comes to my clients, then that all gets wiped away. You know, I, I don't think playing the middle helps anywhere. So in defense of you, if I call out the defendants in this case and say they had an opportunity to settle this case and they didn't, they had an opportunity to do the right thing and they didn't. Well, that's because I'm representing not only that I believe it and I'm passionate about it, but I'm representing you and by proxy, all those small businesses that I think some people in my party let down. And, you know, we can, we can walk around with, you know, blowing sunshine up each other's asses. And until we look at things in the way that they should be viewed, uh, that's why we continue to lose elections. We don't see where we make mistakes. And when we make those mistakes, we're not smart enough to correct them or prevent these things from happening. 
I think this is one of those things we'll see in a couple of years. Um, you may see this new emerging conservative community voting for Democrats because the Democrats said, we will help you and we'll keep their word. And now the legislative solution in January, which I think we're in a much better position than we were last year. We said that earlier. They're going to get the credit for it, not the Republicans. It's just so unnecessary. You know, all the things we're talking about, I, I hate the fact that politics are involved in people's yeah. livelihoods. And but it is. It's it just is. part of what it is. But I well, in gambling and gaming, you know, those things enter yeah. into the political fray. Cause I, I just feel I feel for all these small business owners that you know you understand this because you know your law practice, in my view, is a small business as well. It is, and so we all have obligations. Like in our case, we've got. Payments, insurance, employees, we and other convenience store owners, truck stop owners, bar tavern owners, you make decisions based on how your business is, is running. You know, if you're in the restaurant business, you know, what is my food? What are my food sales? What are my alcohol sales? What are my, you know, uh, well, then you go by the day, you know, has money, you, you do a food truck based on Tuesday, how business is on Monday, and you got all these things, and then they come in and change the rules and take away revenue that you didn't lose that was taken to you because of politics or other motives. Or your competitors being better at the political game than you are. Your, pet, your competitors being better at the political game. It's like a, you know, a foot, you don't start a football game and change the rules at halftime. Right. You know, you well, we started 14 zero. You don't zero. You don't, you know, and I just, I never dreamed in the state that I born and raised and live in and raised my family in and operate businesses in. We would make decisions based on this. Yeah. And it's really sad. It's, it's, it's disappointing. Um, you know, I choose not to think as much about the politics, but when you, when you think about that side of it, you know, and I tried to run for Senate to represent the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you. As loyal as you were to them, they weren't loyal to you for one heart. They tried to shuck me out from the beginning. Yeah. Put their thumb on the scale. Kick, you know, get my nomination process changed. Coming in in the bottom of the ninth with all these resources and money and commercials and stuff for the because I'm going to speak my mind and I'm going to do what's right and say what's right. And I you know they want think a fan. They don't want You're that. A go along guy. I'm not either. So, you know, some of my friends, some friends that you know that are in the Senate, friends of mine, friends of yours. Bill, you got to be careful what you say. No, I don't. I've never Look, I'm always careful how I say things. But I'm not going to sit there and be concerned that somebody's going to be upset. By my position. Mm-hmm. If you do wrong, I'm going to call you out. Democrat, Republican, mom, my sister, my, my, my wife, my kids, me. And if I'm wrong, I should be called out. But I'm not going to sugarcoat this thing or try to make nice because they had every opportunity. Hermie, it's not like we were out on an island. We tried to communicate with them all the time. All the time. We tried to give them Look, I, do you talk about a roller coaster? Oh. About every two weeks. You saw a glimmer of hope. I would say, oh, yeah, we're interested. Finally, these these people realize 
what they're doing and who they're going to alienate by doing this. Yeah. And it just always, I always got disappointed, kicked the can down the road, all that. And here we are. Yeah. Here we are in a situation where it appears that starting with the Supreme Court ruling about a month ago, right, all the way through the judge's ruling today, maybe an unintended consequence of the casinos pushing and Jason Miars's office pushing to get to this result they got to today. In doing that, they have energized. Mm. Not only the Democrats, mm-hmm. but also energized the small business owners that we saw at court today. Because, yeah. you know, roots. the first couple of times we went to court, Bill, the place was packed. Then after we started winning. Nobody was coming. Nobody was coming. It's like. You'd have hearings. Nobody was there because they got their games back. They got the games back on. Everything. Now great. they see that the attorney general's office and all these other casino people are sticking their hand back in the cookie jar. And now they got a handful. So now, starting today, we saw the crowds back. We saw the energy back. Signs. We saw signs, people being pissed off. Mm-hmm. You know, then to your point, who's responsible for this? That's what was asked a lot on the front steps of the courthouse. Who, who's really behind this? And who wants to help us? Who's going to help us? Right. And those answers are going to be, or those questions are going to be answered in the coming you know, weeks and months. And to well, your point, gonna, the yeah. Democrats, unfortunately, if you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, you've already been dealing with some losses the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about it. So is this how, is this how you fix it? Yeah. No, no, no. Could and, have easily, they could have easily come out after last Tuesday's elections and say, and I said this before, we got our ass kicked. We know some areas that we've been wrong in. Here's the first one that we're going to try to make right. We're not going to get in the middle of this issue of small businesses versus casinos. We're going to send it back to the General Assembly. But he didn't do that. The Attorney yeah, General's we're office not gonna, we're did not, not do that. These good small business owners into crooks overnight. Right. Even with what the Supreme Court said, there was a way that they could have done that. Hell, they could have even just said, let's go to trial. Let's not have the summary judgments. Let's see how the record develops. Let's see if that changes anything. Could have given us all time to kind of think it up. But nope. Nope. And then, you know, and they were like, oh, you know, you're probably going to win. But I don't know. Everybody else knew something we didn't. I mean, they thought we weren't going to win and we won. And then all of a sudden when we won and this came up on appeal in today's hearing, the casino people, lobbyists were telling everybody, oh, it's done. It's over. It's done deal. And I went to law school and I didn't think it was over in a done deal. And I've tried yeah. cases for 30 years and didn't think it was over in a done deal. Yeah. But they seemed to think it was done and, and, and they were right on two accounts. Kind of makes you wonder. And don't start with the trust the system. Because <laughs> I told you that. And I believe, yeah. look, I work in the system. I can't, uh, I'm shaking my head. This doesn't make sense. You know, I know when I got a losing hand and I win, then it's really cool. Um, when I lose, it's not acceptable, but not unexpected. Uh, but in this case, I'm completely turned upside down on this stuff. I'm upset. And, and because politics have eked into now my courtroom, and they're inextricably intertwined here, uh, the handling of this thing, I think, hurts, hurts um, Republicans. Well, today... And it, and it shows because... Th- there's listen listen how you, bad this sounds. Because I know how much of a diehard, true conservative and Republican you are. Yes. 
Jason Miar is one today. Think about that. Uh-huh. His victory was taking, snatching the livelihood away from small business owners all across the Commonwealth of Virginia. Turn them into crooks. Turn them into crooks. That's his win. Yeah. And for what? I don't know. I don't know. I can't quantify. That's his they're gonna, win. They're going to say, well, you know, the law is law, and it's my obligation to uphold the law. But, you know, there are laws, you know, like the Supreme Court case of Plessy versus Ferguson, which meant, which said that an African-American was not a human being for purposes of accounting on the census or in the return of, of slaves. And, you know, the Supreme Court makes bad decisions. Okay. So sometimes the law is the law. But as I told, uh, using Shakespeare, the law is an ass. And sometimes we have to say, listen, I am, my duty is to uphold the law. Uh, my, they're going to say, oh, our duty is to defend the laws passed by the legislature. Well, if you think this is hurting somebody and you can do something about it, that's also your job to correct those things. And when, when one of the defendants happens to be the governor, who in the executive branch, the executive branch executes the laws, then they could have stepped in. They didn't have, to, they didn't have the power for taxing because that's with the General Assembly. Okay? Regulatory schemes, maybe by executive order. They do a lot with executive orders. They had the opportunity to really protect the small business owner who is actually playing in the gaming industry with skill games, not VGTs, not these slot machines, the real ones that are the, at the center of this fight, to protect them from being turned into criminals overnight. Well, they didn't do that. They made a choice, which was we're following the law, and, and they're going to say, oh, well, you know, we want a legislative solution. They're backtracking. Now what you do? Because unfortunately, because I've heard it, I went to Siobhan Donovan at a, a rally with some of these uh, convenience store owners, a couple hundred of them, to say, hey, man, Republicans are on your side. In the meantime, while I was meeting with them, and Siobhan would have been great center, she was a great center, would have been great if she'd stayed. In the meantime, the Democrats are sitting in rooms all across the Commonwealth of Virginia with hundreds of these store owners saying, we're the ones that are going to save you. And when you see what you saw today, who are you going to believe? Yeah. Like you said, who, who has your back? But really, you know, truth is in the pudding. And... The Republicans look like under the auspices of we're trying to pull the law and defend the law and defend the Constitution. No, you're not. Or it doesn't look that way to these people. Maybe it, maybe it is. Maybe that's virtuous and that's great. That doesn't translate in, uh, into hill of beans when it comes to doing what's right. And look, the law's not doing what's right. We've passed laws that are constitutional that weren't doing the right things. You said on the, on the courthouse steps today, we got SB 971, which started this whole thing, to be demonstrated to be unconstitutional. Supreme Court even agreed with Judge Lerner on that when that was our initial injunction. And you told them that that, if there's a silver lining for what we've done, that prevented hundreds of them from being prosecuted under an unconstitutional law. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why we fight. But if the law is the law, then why do we need lawyers or courtrooms or or Supreme Courts? Because those are supposed to judge the validity of the laws. But then why do we have politicians who are elected in position? To make sure that that the common welfare is taken care of and to protect people, whether it's the enforcement of criminal laws, but at the same time to, to try to find solutions for those laws that are passed by the legislature that are unjust or don't, are not workable. Sounds great at 30,000 feet, but when it's applied at the, at the grassroots level, at the ground level, these laws are unfair and they had that opportunity. They could have come out the big victor. And help small business. I thought we were the party of small business. So when you say, I know how Republican and conservative you are, yes, I am. But I'm going to still call you out when you're not doing the right things. And in my opinion, this was not their finest hour. I know. I say this a lot 
and I've done it a couple times, and but it may be simple. Um, it may not mean the same thing to everybody. Um, but I have several times asked on the podcast that we recite the Republican creed of Virginia. And the Republican creed of Virginia says, we believe, number one, we believe that the free enterprise system is the most productive supplier of human needs and economic justice, and that all individuals are entitled to equal rights, justice, and opportunities and should assume their responsibilities as citizens in a free society. That fiscal responsibility and budgetary restraints must be exercised at all levels of government. That the federal government must preserve individual liberty by observing constitutional limitations. That peace is best preserved through a strong national defense. That faith in God is recognized by founding fathers is essential to the moral fiber of the nation. But we talked in the beginning about the free enterprise system. And people can look at things through different lens and have different ideas. But this ruling today, because of political pressure and money, has circumvented the free market system. Yeah. Among other things. Strike one for the So it's just a sad, it's a sad day for me as a Virginian. And it really has nothing to do with the fact that I'm going to get all my skill games turned off and removed from my stores. You're going to abide. The, uh, I'm going to buy that. That's not why I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed for the other people mm-hmm. that are going to be economically impacted, but I'm sad for this Commonwealth of Virginia because now it's apparent to me that the law, the constitution and the free market system and equal opportunity and a level playing field and fair government are not as important as political powers, strength, special interest, and power, and out-of-state special interest. Yeah, that's a sad day for the Commonwealth of Virginia. Sad, yeah. sad to me. Wish we had a different result, you know. And and the, then the question becomes, where do we go from here? Yeah. And so, you know, we have looked at this always as having a legislative solution. That's what's on the table. But in the meantime, you know, it depends on what county you're in. If you have these skill games, number one, they're saying turn them off by some say January 1, December 31, I think is here in Greensville County. Uh, your Commonwealth attorney is a wonderful, wonderful lawyer. Uh, and I think is really um, somebody who's in tune with small business too and doesn't want to go after the good guys and make them criminals. But we have other areas, you know, Bristol wants them off tomorrow, I think, the 15th. So two days from now, this is the 13th. We should never have a court hearing on the 13th, by the yeah. way. Um, so, you know, we're going to have, in some areas you can play them, some areas you can't, some areas are going to be prosecuted, some are not. But one thing I can guarantee is all these illegal vape shop, mini casinos that weren't- They'll be the last ones to get turned in. Sure they are. Yeah, they're going to keep going, yeah. in my mind. If ever they're not, sh- and and that's a lot of the criminal element and non-tax. Well, look, talk about confusion. You know, and the attorney general argued today that we were trying to create confusion, right? But I'm a, I think, a reasonably intelligent person. I really and truly, of course, being how things are now, I'm going to have all of my machines removed. Don't make any difference. 
But as I'm sitting here talking to you, I don't know if I can be just potentially criminally charged for just the queen style video skill games or the coin pushers or the crane games, or I do have Pac-Man in the truck stop in Emporia. I've got a golden tee in the truck stop in South Hill. Right. I'm the judge has dismissed our case and I still do not know. Because the law is vague and I do not know. And I cannot advise anybody that operates skill games what you're actually could get in trouble for because I do not know. Yeah, even in a uh, press conference, a reporter asked them, based on having a conversation with me, um, what skill games are now not allowed to be played, you know, when you announce this enforcement? Uh, Does it include, you know, the games of Dave and Buster's or Chuck E. Cheese and you know, coin pusher games and the claw games. And they're like, huh, 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 we will not be enforcing. We'll not be raiding Chuck E. Cheese. Well, those games inside of Chuck E. Cheese and Dave and Buster's are just as illegal under this. Sure law. they are. And, you know, Cal Brown and the, the attorney general's office are like, oh, they're just trying to conflate the issues. Well, you haven't read the damn statute then, because that's exactly what it has. It has internal counters and, and, and rewards something of value. And, you know, it's, it is not... Uh, an amusement device, and they they even went back to the old law of the family amusement centers. This almost turning into a press conference. I mean, they don't know. They don't even know what the damn law is. Nobody does because it's so convoluted and written by a bunch. In my opinion, I think a bunch of casino damn lawyers. And uh, so there is going to be uh, inequities in terms of enforcement. There will be selective enforcement. There will be some games that are in, some games that aren't. But what are they going to do about all these? mini casinos and vape shop machines, which were clearly not allowed under the, the hold of the skill games for during the COVID pandemic year, were not covered uh, in our injunction, but proliferated the moment SB Senate Bill 971 went in effect. Wasn't caused by Judge Lerner, wasn't caused by your lawsuit. It was caused by legislative action. And those things like kudzu have grown all over the Commonwealth and I don't even think the sheriff's departments and the Commonwealth attorneys and the state police have enough manpower to get rid of those. So do those illegal games that were always illegal, never affected by this injunction, operated illegally this whole time? What are they going to do about them? Are they going to go out and sweep those up first? Or are they coming against the good business owner, the small business owner who has been lawfully operating these games, turn them off when SB 971 went in effect uh, July 1st, two years ago, put them back on when we got our injunction, and then is getting ready to pull the plug on them now? Because of the Supreme Court ruling in today's summary judgment run. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? No idea. Right. They don't either. They have no idea either. But just like what's been the but most. But I bet those vape shops will keep going in those mini Oh, yeah. They'll, 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 they, won't, they, won't, they won't slow down a bit. No. And so here we are. And, you know, we, we started this lawsuit to stop the confusion. And I think in Virginia, we're more confused than we ever were before on this. And the people that are suffering the most are the legitimate small business owner who I fear uh, is going to be turned into a criminal uh, for nothing else than trying to keep their business going in a tough economy, in in tight margins, and um, and I feel sad for the Commonwealth today. So, you know, again, buddy, I don't think our fight has ended because we're going to appeal this. We're going to appeal it to the Virginia Court of Appeals. Uh, we've got a lot of good issues, uh, a lot of, you know, uh, lawyer goofy geeky stuff that you know i think is awesome but many people wouldn't understand we'll probably talk about those issues the single object rule and due process and 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 of course our first amendment uh freedoms uh, argument that we've always had so we're going to go appeal that that's going to take about a year 
In the meantime, there's got to be a legislative solution, but that solution doesn't come until January, February, March, when we're in session for 60 days and won't go into an effect unless we pass emergency legislation in July 1. So that could be seven, eight months without these skill games. A lot of business are going to go out of are going to go out. It'll, of be, it'll be too late for many, even if it does happen. So what do you see in the future? I mean, if you, if you had your crystal ball here at your table right now, what do you think is going to happen now that we, we are here where we are right now? Summary judgment being granted, case dismissed, two-year battle stopped now, at least in the, in the circuit court, but we're going into the Court of Appeals and Appellate Review. But what happens to skill games in Virginia in the near future? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, just, it's just hard to predict. I, I, I can only say that not just today, but really since the Supreme Court opinion came down, I started to hear from legislators on both sides of the aisle that in some cases hadn't always been on our side starting to come out in support of our position and what we're fighting for and why, because they started to realize, hey, I've got a lot of these people in my district. Yeah. A letter was sent out to the governor from a lot of the the senior leaders in both the House and the Senate, Democrat and Republican, asking the governor Asking the governor not to enforce the ban yeah. that we've been fighting against. We know, we went he to can still do that. He, one could think. One would yeah. think that both of them. Just because our case as of right now has been dismissed in its current form, they got to know whether we were going to win or lose today. There would be appeals from one side, right. potentially, or the other. But the governor or the attorney general, regardless of what happened today, could come out tomorrow and say, even though the Supreme Court had an opinion and even though the circuit court granted this motion for summary judgment, I, as attorney general, still feel that the best solution is a legislative solution. And we'd like to put this back in the hands of the General Assembly to fix this problem. And by the way, in the meantime, we really don't need to crush right. these small business owners. That's not enforced for now. I'm going to ask all the Commonwealth attorneys to just not enforce this because of all the confusion and let's try to, in good faith, get this back to the uh, General Assembly to fix. And in the meantime, let's not put anybody in jail over it. That'd be great. And so. So yeah, I don't I wonder know, if I ever I don't suggested that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe the loss will make them change their mind now that, that all of a sudden it's staring them in the face. I don't know. I mean, but I'm saying don't let anybody who thinks they're friends with the attorney general or, you know, that they, they can't have the position they've had this entire case. And then now that the judge has granted a summary judgment motion, then come in and say, well, the judge, we got to keep our hands off. They've had their hands on it the whole time. Oh, yeah. So they could easily, and to your point, maybe even more effectively, if they want to come in and be a good guy and help these small businesses, they can say, hey, John Q, convenience store owner, we... Even though the judge dismissed this lawsuit, we want to get a legislative, we want to be in support of a legislative fix, and we don't want you to be out of this revenue during the holidays, and we don't want anybody to be put in jail. We don't want you to get any civil penalties. So I'm going to call my Commonwealth attorneys and tell them wait until the end of session before any enforcement action is taken. What would prevent 
the attorney general's office from doing that, even though the judge ruled today? Nothing. Okay. I mean, are, can they do that? Yeah. Has that been a suggestion? Yeah. Have we not explored every but, but now, But yeah. now it's... But have they done it? The yeah. judge has actually ruled, yeah. and now it's... Judge now Lerner the, has stepped out. Now the gate has closed behind. Right. And it is in their hands, even though it was in their hands, and I think it would have been better to do so before that conclusion. But we are here where we are. Now, what do you think the percentage is? If you said, you know, all right, I say on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the greatest chance of them doing it, where do you think uh, that falls, that they're going to do something like that? Uh, that's a tough one. But I, I give us, just knowing what I know and the people I know and the people I've talked to, um, I give us, now, if our lawsuit, if we had gone on into December, it may have gotten pushed even further down the road, all that. Right. If we would have still had a our lawsuit pending during session, I would have given us a probably a seventy five percent chance to come out of session with something reasonable and workable um and fair. Um, but now that our lawsuit has been, for the lack of a better term, dismissed. Uh, ultimately, and I think you no, said it before, the, term. <laughs> the, the um, you know, legislatively, in the legislature need, has always needed to be the way it should be the fixed. The ultimate resolution. Yeah. The ultimate resolution. Yeah. Now, with our lawsuit being dismissed, I give it, even though, because I've had all these politicians since the Supreme Court made their opinion public, uh, I've heard from a lot of legislators that it kind of awoken them to mm-hmm. really how many people this is impacting. Yeah. And they're getting calls <laughs> and getting calls. But and un- if you're out there and you're a convenience store supporter or owner, make those calls to every but legislature. I'm just you can. at this point in my life, I'm reluctant to believe everything I hear. Right. We've um, heard a lot. I've heard a lot. have turned out. But turned to answer your question, right. given the current state of things, um, I would say it's just a toss up 50, 50. Okay, well, in terms of the attorney general or governor doing something to protect small business, keep these games. I give that zero percent chance. You give it a zero. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say that's going to go up. I'm I'm a little more optimistic. I think they're going to come around, see the error of their ways. They're good people. Look, nobody's on this podcast saying that Jason Murray isn't a good person or Glenn Youngkin isn't a good person. We've taken a loss. We've taken a hit. You know, everybody's kind of down about that in the Republican Party, but I think they'll come to their senses. So I'm going to give it a four. But when we go to the legislature next year, I'm going to give that a nine. I think it's going to solve. Uh, and like I said earlier, it's, it, we're going to get some legislation that's going to be resolved. Uh, and I think it'll be bipartisan because you got a lot of Democrats and Republicans behind you now. And the governor's going to sign it. I'm going to say that's a nine out of ten. But let me ask you this while we're having this discussion. You said you give the executive branch a... F- 40% chance that they'll act and try to do something to help us short term. Yes. Okay. Then you said you give the general assembly a 90% chance. Yes. If you're advising the executive branch and, or the attorney general's office, why not have them step in and take part in and be a part of this 90% opportunity to fix it in the general assembly and save some goodwill in the process because you saw what I saw. The minority. You the saw minority what party. I saw on the front steps of this courthouse. Oh, yeah. These people 
are hard workers. Loyal. They're loyal. They're operating Virginia businesses. They're the backbone of these economies and communities, whether or not some people in the General Assembly want to admit it or not. And they, our, the Republican Party has alienated we have. that group of people. It's our fault. So do you want them back or do you not? I do. Okay. So I think they still like me. Sure they do. <laughs> but not the rest of my party. So what I'm saying is if you think it's a 90% chance. Yeah. You know, I don't, you know. Am I throwing you off with that 90% chance? I mean, is that something that's, you know, you, you, I just, you gave that a 40% chance. I gave it 50%. 50. Sorry. 50-50. Okay. I don't give anything anymore as relates to this stuff. I, I think you're kind of jaded, aren't anymore, you? Anymore 50-50 shot. See, I still believe in the process. Because I've been system. told, <laughs> I've been told, I sat in one of the members of Republican leadership before I announced I was running for Senate and was encouraged to run and told that I would be supported. Yes. And when I was in that meeting, my race got close enough to where there was a real chance that I could get potentially elected. They opened up the floodgates and on me blew you out. and, and, and did everything within their power yeah. financially and otherwise to ensure that I would not get elected. So how am I going to trust anybody? You're not over there. So, you know, so maybe yours is well placed and mine is just again, Pollyannish because I believe in the system. I've told you to trust the system. I have been let down by the system, but I'm a part of the system, I guess. Yeah. But see, I believe, look, if you'd asked me two years ago, those percentages, I'd say there was a, 10% chance of ever getting it figured out in the legislature. But what, but the course of this litigation and even the end result today, I think ups the chances that we finally find the legislative solution that we had to have in the first place. Yeah. Um, but what I'm really hoping is, is that the people in the executive branch who are in my party, we wear the same colored Jersey red. They sit there and go, wait a minute, do we want to be left out and let the Democrat controlled house and Senate get all the credit? Or do we want to be bipartisan? Let's have a, you know, when we're, we're so divided in the state after this election, why don't we all come together as Republicans and Democrats? Let's have a kumbaya moment. Let's, let's come together. The executive works with the legislature, protects the small business, allows the games to stay on, starts getting rid of the illegal gaming that is outside of even what we're trying to solve here, and then create a legislative solution where everybody benefits and everybody can take a victory lap. Maybe well, I am living in a dream world. What would it hurt? I believe it. What would it hurt for Governor Youngkin and or Jason Miaris? To, I just said this, but the judge has ruled. Our case is over. Okay? You won. Right. Congratulations, State, if that's the right word. Yeah. But what would it hurt for them to come out and say, the judge ruled, Supreme Court ruled, Circuit Court ruled, we're just upholding the law. We won. But we now see and better understand the impact that these, the Supreme Court decision and the Circuit Court decision can have on our important small businesses in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We think the proper fix can only be attained in the legislature. So we want to help these small businesses that are already been negatively impacted during this entire process. We want to help them live through the general assembly session to give our legislature another bite at the apple 
to fix this in a fair and equitable way for everybody. Hmm. Why can't they do that? What would it hurt? They could have done a long time ago. Maybe this court case ending gives them that opportunity. Let's hope. I hope you're right. You make more sense than any of the people I've been talking to on the phone about this. Um, but what I, I'm saying is, when, look, when you look, when you look at everything, Bill, you look at what's the upside, right? What's the risk? Yep. Is if I'm Governor Yunkin or if I'm Jason Miares, y'all won. You won. But they lost. But he, they're going to lose either way, right? But they have a chance to get on and say. We were just applying the law right. that the General Assembly passed, and we won. However, these small businesses don't need to be put out, especially right here going into the holiday season. So here's what we're going to propose. We want to send this back to the legislature to fix it. And in the meantime, we're going to ask our Commonwealth attorneys to delay enforcement until the end of General Assembly session when we hope to have a final. Look, if the, if the General Assembly fixes it, it'll come into effect July 1. If they don't, then the governor or the attorney general can say, look, we tried. We call the dogs off until yeah. the legislature had a chance. Well, the Democrats look bad then. Yeah. Because they're in control of the legislature. And if they don't come up with a solution, then what does it you show put you? the they, pressure they back on them. They weren't willing to keep. You put, you put, you put the, the onus back and on them. It makes the Republicans, makes the Jason Miari's, makes the governor look pretty good. So I just don't know who's. This. And I would tell them this if they would take my call. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't talk to anybody except their little bubble. Yeah. You don't get any direct access. I well, their little the bubble phone. is not operating small businesses. I'm a Republican, and I could have picked up the phone if Northam was the governor and get him on the phone immediately. Same with Terry McCullough. Same with Bob McDonald. Same with, you know, the AGs. Can't do it here. And I've been in the legislature 13, 14 years. And it's not just me. A lot of legislators will tell you, I can't get in touch with them. You'll get to about mid-tier, upper-tier people, yeah. but you're never going to talk to them. And that, that I think, that removement, they're moving themselves from the legislative relationships has cost them and probably will cost them in the future. And I think it makes them a little tone deaf, as I'm seeing right here in this court case. It's they, tone deafness. They have an opportunity to win and mitigate their PR loss all at the same time. And, and you really, as you just said, put it back into the general assembly, which the Democrats are going to be in control of and say, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. Big boys and big girls. You said you're going to fix it, fix it. And then they, they really get off the hook. Sounds so simple and makes so much sense. There's no way that'll ever occur. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to lower my number from four to four to zero, <laughs> like you said. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, now you know it all. I mean, this is what started us on this podcast journey. Our journey's not over with this. We're going to still sm uh, fight for small business. We still got the appeal going on. Still got the race team to raise awareness on skill games and, and the effect of small business in these rural tracks, these short tracks in the small town areas. Uh, so this can conversation is going to continue uh it's a tough day i mean i hate to lose but if i gotta lose thank god i'm with my best friend doing it and and well let's you, look you it's been a, up it's been you, a hell of a ride you and picked me up and, and i've been feeling down today and maybe this is therapeutic as well. i said on the steps of the courthouse today we lost today but we've already won in so many ways not only helping all these businesses you and i and our team and I don't understate this. Some people might gloss over it. 
it hadn't been for us, there would have been people potentially getting fines and put in jail two years ago over an unconstitutional law that, by the way, everybody agreed after we brought it out in court that it was unconstitutional. Right. It was what they started doing after that that really made it underhanded. They cheated. They made us start over when we were winning. So, you know, because then they tried to go back and change it. Oh, we didn't mean this kind of game, only this game. Oh, we didn't mean the family entertainment centers, just as, you know. An amusement device. Yeah, they've just had to go back and backtrack. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've, uh, look, they got a lot of money. There's casinos. We're talking about billions and billions of dollars. And And they're sipping champagne tonight. Uh, at the top of the Bellagio, where, where in comparison, our small business owners yeah. are wringing their hands yeah. and looking at their family like, what am I going to do? Those sad faces person? today on the courthouse will, will be something I'll never forget. But you and I and our team, uh, what we've been fighting for, the whole, the whole conglomerate of things we've been fighting for, for what this means now and what it could mean 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you know, we've, uh, we've brought a lot of things to light. Yeah. We've helped a lot of people in the process and you just got to hope that let some good come out of that, 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 uh, that the people in charge, yeah. that they'll, they'll do the right senses. thing. We'll see. We'll see. Well, and that's why we have another episode coming up next week. So we'll see how far we'll we see. get. We'll if see. there's something to uh, look at uh, that's happened between now and the next time we meet with you, uh, you'll know about it. And we really appreciate you listening to Leading Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. It's been a big week. Uh, not a great day. Uh, but we we will never give in, never give up. And I appreciate you so much, Hermie Sadler, for what you do for people and your willingness to fight when you didn't have to. And that's inspiration for us all. Uh, so... Uh, listen to us catch up with us uh, we've got our own websites uh, SadlerStanleyRacing.com LeaningRightTurningLeft.com we're on Facebook we're on every platform X Twitter uh, follow us uh, give us a five star star review if you like what you, you're listening to turn us on to your friends let them listen to it uh, because we talk politics we talk racing we talk Virginia politics national politics we talk professional wrestling we talk about anything <laughs> especially when Chep's around we do a lot of swearing Uh, and we make each other laugh. So uh, thanks for listening to this episode. Very important episode for us all. Thank you, small business owner in the Commonwealth of Virginia who fight with us, who we're fighting for you. And uh, thanks for everybody who supported us up to this point. But we've got a lot more things to say. We've got a lot more fight left in us. And, And we'll keep you informed as this journey continues, my friend. I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, pissed off in Leaning Right. And I'm Hermie Sadler, turning left, leaning right and turning left with Sadler and the Senator is proudly powered by Pacematic. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. God bless you all. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson with SaveWithConrad.com. You've heard me bragging on the podcast for years about helping people save money on their current house, but did you know that I can help you with your next house as well? That's right. We can get you into your next house with zero down. No money down loan programs are still available, and I know it sounds too good to be true, but we can do it for you. And by the way, home ownership is more affordable than you might think. We routinely turn renters into homeowners, and we hear back that their new house payment is more affordable than what they were paying in rent. Why would you keep doing that? 
Stop throwing your money away, paying for someone else's mortgage, and start building wealth for your family. And let my family help at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit to do this. We can improve credit scores down to the 500s, and it's worth mentioning, we never say no. We say not yet, but here's how. You need a game plan to buy a house, and that's where we come in at SaveWithConrad.com. We'll ask you, what down payment do you want to make? And zero is an acceptable answer. And what monthly payment do you want? And then it's time to go shopping. Find out how easy it is and how affordable it is to become a homeowner at SaveWithConrad.com.